0: Alright y'all, it is that time again, time for another episode of The Breakfast Bar, and in the immortal words of Steve Harvey, we got a real good one for you today. I got a real good drink, and I got some good stuff to talk about, but first, I want to remind everybody of how you can get in touch with the show. So, you can find us on Facebook, at facebook.com slash Podcast. Our Instagram is of course at the Breakfast Bar Podcast. Our Twitter is at BBarcast. Our untapped profile is the Breakfast Bar No Spaces. Today's drink will be featured on our untapped profile. Our Gmail is the Breakfast Bar podcast at gmail.com. And of course you can always contribute to the show and support the show and keep things rolling real smooth by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com. Slash the breakfast bar. And don't forget, we got new episodes every Wednesday posted on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Potomatic for you Android users. Without a, any further ado, let's get this thing rolling. I got a real tasty beer today. This episode is sponsored by my younger brother, Austin. Thank you, Austin. You might remember him from episode one, where I answered a fun question about what to do when you're out in the woods drinking with your friends and uh so he's decided that it's about time he contributed to the show and suggested he i find a beer from our homeland of new hampshire now unfortunately right now i live in louisiana so it is very difficult to find a beer from new hampshire that distributes this far south so i did the next best thing i actually called some local beer reps for some distributors To ask around and see what I could find, see if they had anything, any recommendations. And the only thing anyone could tell me is Sam Adams. So, in order to kind of honor the Patriots at the Super Bowl, sorry guys, I know that's probably still a fresh wound. I picked up a six pack of Sam Adams Boston Lager. That's a real good standby beer. It's one that I go to if I don't really have anything else. It's not what I would call a very interesting beer, but it'll definitely do what it needs to do. It is a 5.0 alcohol by volume beer, so it's not super super heavy, but it'll definitely get you where you're going. First impressions, it's pretty. Um, it's got a deeper flavor than I remember. It's a little bit. I don't know what's the word. Chalky is what's coming to mind. It's it's got a chalky kind of taste to it as I as I dip deeper into it fun fact actually uh to go along with this beer not necessarily to go along with the beer but more the name of the beer my father is a um, real big into the genealogy stuff and he actually recently found out that uh, not only are we from as a family from uh the boston area but we are direct descendants of sam adams himself not the beer guy, but the actual, the the revolutionary. So, uh, I don't really know what happened in those years. I don't know where we went wrong, but here we are. I am drinking his beer. It's tasty. It's not what I would call a refreshing, like, summertime st- sitting in the backyard with a cold beer kind of beer. There's a lot of other beers I would choose before this. But if I see this in the cooler next to, like, say, a Miller Lite or a Coors Light. I'm gonna pick the Sam Adams just because it's got more flavor and it's a little bit more robust than those other beers. That being said, like I said last week, this is going to be a pretty burpy episode. I have beer tends to make me gassy, uh, so this this is definitely gonna do it for me. Like I said, it's not a bad beer. It's it's pretty tasty, but uh, there are definitely other beers from. New Hampshire that I I would have much rather been able to get, had I been able to get it. Uh, I would have even gone so far as to go to a Vermont beer, like a long trail, if I could have. But I'm in Louisiana. I'm 2,000 miles away. I'm I'm not super surprised that uh, New Hampshire beers, craft beers, do not distribute this far south. New Hampshire is fairly new to the craft beer game. It's just in the recent... You know, few years it has gotten into the craft beer thing. So I don't really expect to see any New Hampshire brands come this far south anytime soon. But this will do for now. It'll definitely get me my Bostonian swagger, as they say. It is very refreshing when it's cold, though. I will absolutely give it credit there. And with that, we move on to round two. Round two this week is when I answer some questions and give random people on the internet some advice about their their problems Uh, this week's question comes from yahoo answers from a user called icarus dive thank you icarus dive i have no idea what your username means but if it has anything to do with this question then i think you need to rethink your life icarus asks if I adopt an animal in the zoo, can I bring it home? I went on a, I went on a zoo, and it has a sign that begs people to adopt their animals. I want the cute little fluffy tiger cub. Can I bring it home? Now, I, I assume... I read that the way it's written. I'm going to go ahead and fill in the blanks and make assumptions based on some um, context clues. And... Go ahead and assume they went to a zoo and saw the fluffy tiger cub. Short answer is, uh, no, you may not. You absolutely cannot bring that tiger cub home because it will not always be a tiger cub, you moron. I think a lot of these other answers kind of, you know, these are like the obvious answers where they they point out what adopting an animal at the zoo means, which means... No, you cannot take it home. Trust me. Long story short, I am no longer allowed at uh, the Audubon Zoo in New Orleans for this reason. But we've got some good ones. Uh, Yes, if you are working at the zoo, sometimes you can bring some of them home if their birth mother has abandoned them. I don't know if that is strictly legal. The zoo also sells surplus animals sometimes. But not to the general public. They sell it to animal dealers. I. When I see the words. Animal dealers put together. All I can think is some sketchy guy. In like a dark alley. With a trench coat full of like. Lemurs. That's your animal dealer. That's that sketchy Greg. And he's going to sell you a marmoset. And. You're not going to tell anybody about it. Because sketchy Greg. Doesn't exist. Shh. It's. I'm sorry, Icarus, but this is probably one of the silliest things. Are you a zoologist? Are you someone that studies these? Because that's, first of all, if you are a zoologist and you are an expert, then chances are pretty good you you wouldn't be answering this question. So something tells me you're like some 14-year-old kid who doesn't really know how the world works yet. And boy, this is going to be a wake-up call for you when you realize you can't take that tiger home. Yeah, this is... This is a pretty dumb question. I think some of these answerers are being a little abusive about it. Because, let's... Like, it's it's a bad question, but it's not, like... You know, so bad that it deserves some of the abuse this person is getting. Oh my god, they're telling you that's like... This person says, Go and ask, then listen to the hoots of laughter. Like... The ad council should run PSAs to help cure stupidity. Maybe then I wouldn't see such utterly retarded questions like this. I'm glad that user is anonymous because they would probably catch some flack from the PC police on that one. Now, uh, my my advice on this one, uh, you cannot take it directly from the zoo like uh, that other user said. Go, go to Sketchy Greg in the dark alleyway. He's got a trench coat. And just say, no, no, I don't want any drugs. I just want... I want a monkey. I want I want a zebra. Man, it's like come on. Questions like this kind of make me worry about the state of education in this country because I'm sorry, you understand that the word adopting has more connotations than you believe. Adopting a tiger cub is not exactly like adopting a puppy. It's a very very different thing. Uh, If I could adopt a tiger cub, don't you believe I would have half a zoo in my backyard? Damn straight, my dude. I would have, like, an elephant. Because, like, an elephant sounds weird to some of you, I'm sure. But, like, wouldn't it be cool to just wake up in the morning and look out in your backyard and see an elephant just wandering around? This giant of the animal kingdom just wandering around your backyard. Wouldn't that be fucking awesome? But the zoo wouldn't let me take it. So... You gotta go to Sketchy Greg, and that's where you pick up all the good stuff. He's got what you're looking for. Nah, man. I I can't help you with this one. This is obviously like... I mean, when you adopt an animal from the World Wildlife Fund, there's actually an ad here from the World Wildlife Fund to the WWF itself saying, adopt an animal. When you adopt an animal from the World Wildlife Fund, do you just think a cardboard box with some air holes shows up on your front step and there's a polar bear in there that's not how this works that's not how it goes no absolutely not and I highly doubt that the sign was literally begging people to adopt their animals I know zoos are probably kind of struggling these days because the economy is not that great but you know I think it stops short of begging to be honest they're probably doing well enough to not beg and especially if they've got tigers and stuff then they're doing okay i've been to some some real sketchy zoos before that obviously have a very low budget and do not have tigers but man they will throw a peacock at you like it's no problem you just just think for a second before you go onto the internet asking questions like this i'm sorry to be so cruel but for the love of god just just think for a second. That's gonna do it for round three, everybody. Now that I'm a few beers deep, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the aftertaste to this beer. This is definitely not one you want to drink right after brushing your teeth. Also, if you're drinking beer right after you brush your teeth, maybe you should rethink your life a little bit. Round three, I want to go into some shoutouts. This is. One of my favorite parts of the show where I get to personally thank someone who contributed to the show. Uh, obviously, a specific someone for this episode is my younger brother, Austin. Good good looking out, Austin. He's one of my loyal listeners. And uh, he's always, always, always good about giving me some feedback after a new episode comes out. And uh, letting me know how it's going. And just kind of keeping me in the loop on how i actually sound when i do this stuff uh he gave me some really really great advice a couple weeks ago and hopefully i am able to make him proud and uh keep this thing going well i also definitely want to issue a a shout out to everybody who's listening i have seen my listener numbers skyrocket in recent weeks i've got people listening all over the country, Uh, Cupertino, I don't know who is listening in Cupertino, California, but uh, thank you very much, I really appreciate it, Uh, all you guys are really awesome and uh, you you make me feel good by doing this, I am hoping to come up with a a way to thank you guys in a more physical form in in the coming weeks. But for right now, you're going to just have to put up with me saying thanks on every episode. I I really, really appreciate it. Uh, as I've said in I, probably every episode so far, this makes me nervous as hell. And it's not really my my forte. But you guys are, are making it worth it and letting me know that I'm doing something right. That the fact that I've got someone listening at all is a really, really big deal for me. And uh, it means a lot. I really, really appreciate it. You guys are awesome, and, and keep doing what you do. I would love to see even more participation. These last two episodes have been participated by some users. Uh, last episode was, of course, the Fireball episode. I know I got a little sleepy by the end of it. It was a mixture of you know, the fact that I was drinking Fireball and uh, the fact that I was drinking a lot of Fireball, I I do apologize. I was editing the episode and I was like, man, I just sound fucking miserable by the end of this thing. I would love to see those suggestions keep on rolling in, keep this thing going, because that's awesome. I'm running out of ideas for things for me to drink. I've, you know... <clears throat> I've drank everything that I like to drink so far on this episode, but I, I want you guys to... Tell me what you like to drink and get me to try some new things. So please keep those ideas rolling in. Keep it going. Tweet at me. Hit hit up the Instagram. Hit up the Facebook. Throw me an email. I'm really, really, I'm sick and tired of my email inbox being full of SoundCloud and, uh, and iTunes updates. Just throw me an email. Tell me what you think of the show. Even if you think it's bad. Tell me what a garbage person I am or something. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear what you guys think and what you guys think I should do differently uh, because that's the only way this show gets better, honestly. And another quick shout-out, while I've still got a little bit of beer left in this bottle, I have recently picked up a new TV show that is uh, really awesome. My girlfriend watches a lot of really garbage TV. She is kind of known for watching what I call guilty pleasure TV. Stuff that like you don't tell people that you watch, but you're actually kind of down with it. Uh, one of her favorite guilty pleasure TV shows is Lucifer. I don't know if anyone's heard of this one, but I love the idea of Lucifer because I think if I could have been a fly on the wall when they pitched this show to the network, like, yo, it's a detective show, but one of the detectives is the devil. Get this. And then we throw in some, like, Cain and Abel and some weird Bible references that nobody's going to get. And we make them fight. And it's like, okay, this is not what I would call quality TV, but whatever. But the show that she recently got me into that I thought was garbage TV until I sat through the first season with her is a show called The Good Place. It's on NBC, and it's on I, I believe it's on Netflix as well, at least the first season is. It's Ted Danson, who is always good. Big fan of Ted Danson. He was very funny on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Obviously, he's got cheers under his belt and stuff like that. But uh, the good place is Ted Danson and Kristen Bell. And a couple of other names. Adam Scott pops up in it. I think I just watched an episode with Maya Rudolph. So there's some star power in there. But it's basically, if you haven't heard of it, it's a show where this lady... Kristen Bell is like a terrible, terrible person in life. And she dies. That's the beginning of the show. Is the It starts with her death. And there's two places that you can go after you die. There's the good place and the bad place. And she goes to the good place on a mistake. I'm not going to... There's a lot of twists and turns and a lot of really cool stuff going on with this show. So I'm not going to reveal too much. But um, she goes to the good place. She realizes she doesn't really belong there. And then the show is basically her trying to be a better person to show that she does belong in the good place and not in the bad place. And it's very, very funny. It's very clever. There's a lot of really funny stuff going on in this show. And I'm telling you right now, the first season, it doesn't move very quickly, and it's it's kind of goofy and silly and really laid-back TV. And then you get to that season finale of the first season, you're in. You're done. That's it. You're hooked. Like I... It's really, really difficult for me to get into new TV, but I, I forced my way through this one. And uh, I just total shout out. NBC's doing some stuff that I didn't really expect to see on NBC because they tackle some real dark stuff on this show. So I, it's, it's something I wasn't really expecting out of a network like NBC, where when I think of NBC, I think of things like, I know Wipeout isn't on NBC, but I think of stuff like that. Like, stuff that you can sit your kids down in front of and watch. Good Place is not like that. It is not just, you know, background TV. It starts out that way, but it really, it turns itself into more. And Ted Danson is incredible in it. He's very, very good. Kristen Bell, who I have never really given a lot of credit, is very, very good in it. And she does a really great job of being very sincere like i said the twists are awesome just just pick it up watch it watch it for a little bit another show that i i watched recently that i wasn't really expecting it kind of came out of left field was blood drive uh anybody who watches sci-fi kind of knows what sci-fi originals are like this is a sci-fi original but it's like done the way that it should have been done I was a character from this show for Halloween, and nobody really got it because nobody watches the show. But I'm telling you, if you watch the show, you watch a couple episodes, the first few episodes. There's only one season. That's how little people watched it. But if you watch the first few episodes of the show and kind of figure out what it's all about, then you're, you're hooked. Blood Drive is a grindhouse thing. It's not supposed to be good. It's supposed to be campy and the acting is supposed to be kind of bad or over dramatic or whatever and um it's it's it is what it's supposed to be and you can't expect it to be more than that because it's not going to be. It's a show based in the post apocalyptic times where gasoline has gotten so expensive that people have looked for alternative fuels and the obvious choice for alternative fuel is human blood. So they have cars that run on human blood and naturally this is a a show about a cross-country road race in cars that run on blood and naturally they encounter all kinds of crazy shit along the way. They, you know, cannibalistic clowns and and radioactive monsters, and this corporation that seems to be in control of the whole shenanigans, and it's, a, it's an amazing show, it's super good, and it's presented as if it were a series of VHS tapes. They have, like, fake ads and stuff, and they, you know, in between every episode, they put the, the VHS, like, covers on the screen, and they say, blood drive, Watch more and it's it's super good at it, super funny. And it's it's more lighthearted than it sounds. And that's kind of what I like about it. That's what draws it me to it. Because it's gruesome. Of course it's gruesome, it's always gonna be gruesome, but it's it lighthearted gruesome it's dark comedy is the best way I can say it. And um I love it. It's a it's an excellent show. They left the season the first season on uh a, really serious cliffhanger and I wish that more people had watched it so that there would be a season two but at this point I you know I check every now and then online and um, it's looking more and more like there is not going to be a season two it, it's looking more and more like it's going to be stuck in limbo for the rest of its life and and we're just gonna the people who actually did watch it are never going to get any kind of conclusion because they didn't finish the road race in season one They didn't finish what they were doing. They got halfway there in season one. And um, it's an excellent, excellent show, and I highly, highly recommend both of them. If you're like me and you have that dark sense of humor, that really kind of like left of center kind of outlook on life, kind of cynical sense of humor, I guess is the best way to put it. Blood Drive is the way to go. Good Place is kind of the same way, but in a different suit you know, they're the same kind of show, but they're wearing different clothes, if that makes any sense, definitely, definitely check them out, and this is actually a good time to, to call out Sci-Fi Channel, Sci-Fi, get your shit together, and make more of that, because, I mean, that is not something I would expect from network TV, you've got blood, you've got sex, you've got all, you've got cannibals, and you've got twists and turns, and you've got all this crazy stuff going on, and it was amazing, it was, it You know, I don't know if you consider it a failed experiment or what, but it was, in my mind, a success of what you can do with that kind of TV and that kind of genre. And it was really, really good. And I I recommend it to everybody that'll listen, especially the people who are listening to this. I definitely, definitely recommend both of those shows, Blood Drive and Good Place. And I'm going to use some circularity and say, Austin. You should watch The Good Place and Blood Drive. Uh, Great, great shows and great TV. And uh, with that, I am going to end round three. I've got a quick little message for everybody, and then uh, we'll get right back into it with round four. Be back in just a second. Hey, guys. While I'm in the other room breaking the seal, I just wanted to give you a little reminder of how you can get in touch with the show. You can go to our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash the Bar Podcast. Our Instagram is at the Breakfast Bar Podcast. Our Twitter is at BBarCast. Our untapped page is The Breakfast Bar. No Spaces. Our Gmail is of course the Breakfast Bar Podcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to contribute to the show, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the breakfast bar. As always, brand new episodes are posted every Wednesday on SoundCloud itunes and automatic we really really appreciate you listening to the show it's a labor of love it really is and you guys are showing me the love right back keep an eye out in future episodes for any kind of sponsorship opportunities we will be running a kickstarter campaign coming up in order to get some merch going give you guys some rewards and hopefully spread the word about the show a little bit Uh, I'd love to get out some t-shirts or some stickers or something like that and and help you kind of spread the word and get it out there that we've got some really cool stuff going on. So, as always, keep listening, hit subscribe, rate the podcast on iTunes, comment, all that shenanigans, and uh, thank you so much for listening. And back to the show. Round four is where... I take somebody down a couple of pegs. We call this the roasts segment of the show here. To, for today's roast, I want to bring down people who put loud exhausts on their cars. I know this kind of sounds a little left field for some of you, but for me, it is an issue that crops up in my neighborhood fairly frequently. I live in like one of those quiet like old people neighborhoods, so it's not... Something that is a huge issue, but when it comes around, boy, oh boy, do you know I have never seen the point of a loud exhaust? I understand that like when you're building a car for performance, a bigger exhaust is good because it gets more oxygen to the engine, and there's all kind of science behind it. I won't go into it here because this isn't a car podcast uh someday maybe I will make a park car podcast, but this isn't one of them, and I understand the point of doing it for some cars but there are others like there's a a little red honda civic that drives around my neighborhood all the time i don't know what he's doing he just kind of drives around but um very very frequently i can hear that stupid exhaust and it doesn't make any sense to me it's like sir you're i know you're trying to make up for the fact that you've only got four cylinders by letting everybody know that you're in town but calm yourself down. Like, I know back in the day, those are the guys that probably worked at, like, the movie store and didn't have any real career dreams. But I never see someone wearing a nice suit behind the wheel of something that makes that sound. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Because, I mean, I get it. If you don't have any ambitious ambitions in your life beyond being that guy that sells drugs to high school kids, then that's fine, whatever, do you think? But, man, I can't imagine pulling up to, like, my job, even my job now, but a job in a professional setting, and just, like, pulling up and being like, hey, boss, time for work. I just, it doesn't really make sense to me, and it doesn't, I drive, uh, as I've said before, a, a big old Jeep Wrangler, I like the idea of putting a big loud exhaust on it, but then I also am like, okay, what if I'm just going to the store for groceries? I don't need to sound like a fast and furious race car when I go everywhere. It doesn't really make sense to me. I'd much rather have a quieter car and be less embarrassed than drive down the street in an old lady car, no less, knowing that every single person that I drive by is going to be looking at me. We're not turning your heads because we think you're cool, sir. We're turning your heads because we think you're obnoxious. And I hate being out in the yard doing yard work or something, or, or working on my car, and hearing that thing go by. It drives me nuts. I, the fact that I can hear your tailpipe over my lawnmower is a problem, sir. It's a big deal. It's not, like, it's not cool, it's not fun and it definitely makes you look like a fucking moron so be an adult grow up drive a big boy car and get over it there is a guy in in my neighborhood with this really really cool car Uh, anybody who knows it's a um, early 70s chevelle really really nice car really cool my issue with it is it does have a loud exhaust and i get it it's for more power it's I mean this is a nice car, so I can kind of forgive it. My issue comes from the fact that he always seems to choose to work on it at about ten o'clock at night, and you can hear it like three blocks over. honestly, if that were my car and i I don't even work on my shit after dark when the sun goes down that's that's it that's that's when I'm done. I'm over. You know, I don't even use power tools when I'm working on my car because I have consideration for others. And I don't want my neighbors to think that they're living next to some hooligan building race cars next door. This guy, first of all, this Chevelle, is very obviously a race car, and that's bad enough. But now he has to wake everybody up at 10.30, 11 o'clock at night with not only power tools, but that loud-ass exhaust. Just disconnect the exhaust while you're working on it. It's not that difficult. You're not going to kill the environment that much. You're driving a big old V8 muscle car. You're killing the environment enough already. Disconnecting the exhaust isn't going to hurt any more than you already are. I have never seen the point of a loud exhaust. I've never seen a point of the what do they call them, the rice burners. Those little Japanese cars with that make a lot of noise and are just and it's not a fun noise. It's not a good noise. It's an obnoxious noise. If I had to drive around with that behind me, I would turn my stereo up as loud as these guys do too. Trust me, it's not a good sound. It's not a good look, especially in a faded red Honda Civic from 1995. I'm sorry, there's nothing desirable or classic about that car. Uh, The Chevelle is forgivable because it's a classic cool car. The red Honda Civic is not. It is not a cool car. The 20-year-old Civic ain't desirable to anybody except maybe a little old lady who just needs something to get her to and from bingo night. It's not a race car. You're not impressing anybody. You, in fact, are making yourself look like a moron. I hate to break it to you like this. And chances are pretty good he doesn't listen to this show, but in the small chance that somebody knows who i'm calling out and points them in the direction of this episode i need to tell you right now sir that is not a good look sell the civic to some 17 year old that it is more suited for and buy yourself a real car because first of all that thing cannot be comfortable at all by modern car standards i know the jeep definitely isn't but i like the jeep and the jeep is cool that little honda civic ain't doing you any favors buddy I'll devote a whole segment to judging people based on what they drive or what they would drive if money was not an option. Because I know that some people can't choose. Some people don't have a choice in what they drive for one circumstance or another. But if I'm going to put this question out to the listeners, if you could drive something, if you walked out onto a car lot and could pick something where money was not an option, what would you pick? I think... I think the answer to that question really, really says a lot about the type of person that is answering the question, because you can tell a lot about someone and what their priorities are by what they drive. Uh, My Jeep is not super economical. I get maybe 13 miles to the gallon. Uh, Those big tires definitely don't help either but it is a practical car it is a reliable car and it gets me from a to b like i've said in the other episodes it is difficult to drive because every little thing on a jeep is a little bit difficult a little bit more difficult than it should be if you drive if you choose to drive something i don't know like a like a sedan a practical economical sedan then you're clearly a person with priorities that are in line for round five today, I'm going to go ahead and answer uh, a little question I got from a friend of mine who asked me about the best brunch food. This is a, a very long and heated discussion. Anybody who likes brunch knows how it intense talks about brunch food can get. I'm not sure about whatever part of the country you're living in, but in my opinion, the South takes brunch very, very seriously. And... I know when I go to brunch I'm very particular about what I'm about to eat because generally it would be the first meal of my day and brunch is of course between breakfast and lunch so you wait a little bit longer to get to it so by the time you get to brunch you're kind of going on it and it's the first meal you've had all day and you're a little hungrier than you normally would be for breakfast so it's very very important for brunch to be a good meal a good sustainable meal and this might seem like a silly question but i want to see y'all's reactions i want to see what you guys think about what the best brunch food is in my personal opinion my go-to brunch food is of course eggs benedict i love eggs benedict a good eggs benedict there is such a thing as a bad eggs benedict i did have once in uh, a restaurant in New Orleans, an eggs benedict that was made with a hollandaise sauce that was a green onion hollandaise, and the thing looked like the Grinch took a shit on my plate. I don't really remember why I was in New Orleans and what I was doing, because I I was looking around, kind of just trying to kill some time when I was there, and that's why I went out and got brunch. I got brunch by myself and found this little spot, that didn't have a weight or anything, and I should have taken that as a warning in hindsight, but I did not, and I walked in, and I decided I wanted some some damn eggs benedict, so I got this green onion monstrosity that they put on my plate, and it was like I was eating just a a plate of green onions, It it was awful, and they had the balls, they had the balls to garnish the thing with green onions. So not only was green onions permeating the entire dish, but they slapped some raw sliced green onions right on top, just to really rub it in your face. Down here, actually, there's a a thing I have found. It's very strange. I don't really understand it. Eggs Benedict is a is a sacred dish and should be treated as such. Uh, and real Eggs Benedict is a an English muffin with a slice of Canadian bacon, with a poached egg on top of that, and then smothered in hollandaise. That is a real eggs benedict. That's a traditional eggs benedict. Maybe a few green onions on top, but nowhere else in the dish. I I need to stress that very clearly. Green onions are a garnish and nothing more, and should be a garnish and nothing more. There's a weird thing in the South, I'm finding, with a lot of these breakfast and brunch places, where instead of the Canadian bacon they'll use pulled pork, and I don't really get that, I don't really understand, because it kind of messes with the texture of the whole dish, but I, it's very bizarre combination, and it, it doesn't really sit well with me, it's gotten to the point sometimes where I have asked waitresses, like, I'm sorry, can I do just a regular Eggs Benedict with a couple of slices of ham, I call it ham down here because they don't call it Canadian bacon. They don't acknowledge the existence of Canada apparently down here, so you have to order you have to order it with ham, which is I, I know it's the same thing. I'm not stupid, but it's it's a very strange world that I live in where you can put pulled pork instead of Canadian bacon on these things, and the green onion combination is the the biggest bastardization of the dish that I have ever had in my life. And I don't understand it. I don't understand why it was done. But it was obviously some novice chef just kind of trying to show his chops. And I'm I'm sorry, but completely failing at what he needed to do. All I wanted was a nice breakfast, and I ended up with the worst breath I've ever had in my goddamn life. Another breakfast food, one that is very popular around here, not so much in the north, but definitely, definitely down here is the chicken and waffles. That was a combination I didn't really understand until I got it. Uh, there's a a restaurant here in Lafayette. It's called the restaurant is called Saint Street Inn, and they do a chicken and waffles that is quite frankly one of the best chicken and waffles I have ever tasted in my life. It's a um, it's actually not even chicken. To be completely honest with you, it's it's rabbit on a waffle and they have uh, smoked yogurt, which hear me out, it sounds really strange, it sounds really weird, like why on earth would you smoke yogurt, what is wrong with you people, what's going on, but it's so good and it tastes so delicious, if you've got a delicate palate like mine, like I like to believe mine is, it's a dish that you're actually going to really enjoy because the smoke isn't... It's very subtle. And if you eat it with the peaches that they serve it with and with the waffles and the chicken, well, quote-unquote chicken, it's delicious. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's something you got to get. Chicken and waffles very quickly became one of my favorite brunch foods because at brunch, you, I don't like to drink something heavy like a Bloody Mary. I think Bloody Marys are... Terrible, terrible invention, and that they taste like you're just drinking a glass of pasta sauce in most cases. I have had a good Bloody Mary in my life, but I've had way too many bad ones to really consider it a drink that I enjoy. So I usually just get a pitcher of mimosa and enjoy a mimosa, and that's a nice light drink to go with a heavy meal like an Eggs Benedict or a a chicken and waffles. Or my third option. Something I absolutely did not have until I got to the south. Shrimp and grits. Has anyone heard of this? Like, in the north, this is completely unheard of. We don't eat grits at all for anything. Ever. Uh, It's just not a part of the breakfast rotation, really. But every single person here with breakfast eats cheese grits. And so there's this variation on the grits. It's like a savory variation on it that's shrimp and grits and it's delicious if it's done right i've had it done wrong a couple of times and it's really not good if it's done wrong but if it's done right it's really really good Uh, there was i was at an emerald restaurant in new orleans once and i just i got the shrimp and grits and it's it's an emerald Legacy restaurant so you know it's going to be nice it's kind of fancy it's got the white tablecloths it's got you know candles everywhere and I've got four different waiters waiting on me I was there with some family and I got the shrimp and grits and it came with about three shrimp on the plate and I'm not talking huge shrimp I'm not talking like baby's fist sized shrimp I'm talking like the little cocktail shrimps and I was I have never been so disappointed by a uh, shrimp and grits dish as I was that night. Because I actually paid a lot of money for it. I paid a lot of money for that dish. And by the way. I am I am very much talking about dinner now. I am not talking about brunch anymore. This is very much dinner. People eat shrimp and grits for every meal down here. It's crazy. They, you know, They'll have it for lunch. They'll have it for breakfast. They'll have it for dinner. I was having it for dinner in this particular case. And I was so disappointed. By what was put in front of me. I am not one to send food back. But I almost sent this back. I had had enough wine at that point to say, no, I'm sorry. I did not realize that when I ordered shrimp and grits, it was grits with a splash of shrimp. That's not what I ordered. That's not what I wanted. I wanted shrimp and some grits. That being said, some of the best shrimp and grits you'll ever find are like the roadside, like real rinky dink hole in the wall kind of places that. Served like out of a cafeteria kitchen, I've had shrimp and grits served out of some of the dirtiest looking kitchens in my life, and they are so good that you just you you want to take a nap afterwards. So those are my three my three real go to brunch options are are shrimp and grits, eggs Benedict, and of course the chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles. It's going to be weird to you Northerners. I know it's going to be weird. But it's so good, and if it's done right, then you're going to love it. You're going to love every fucking bite. It's out of control, especially a good one. On round six, the sixth and final round, I'm going to leave you with my final thoughts for this round. This beer got worse with every one that I had. I wasn't a huge fan to begin with, but I was willing to drink it because it's not a bad well it's not a terrible beer but i walked into this thinking yeah i can drink six of those and i'm telling you after three or four i was just kind of like hmm no maybe i don't want to do this anymore it it's it's okay i would have one or two at the bar but a six in one go isn't going to work for me there are some beers that i can absolutely drink six of in one hit (laughs) Sam Adams Boston Lager is absolutely not one of them. I do remember very distinctly, I was in an airport once, and I ordered one of these, and and it was on draft. And I wasn't really paying attention to what I had ordered, and this woman took out, like, I swear to God, a 32-ounce glass, like a giant Pilsner glass... And filled it to the top with Sam Adams Boston Lager. And I I looked at her and I said, are you serious? This is what I just, I, I think I paid like $6 for it, which was weird. Because $6 for a 32 ounce beer is not very much money. And she said, yeah, no, this is right. This is what you ordered. And I was like, wow, well, shit. I've got about 10 minutes until this fight leaves. I better slam this bad boy. And so I did. I sat at the bar and I put that beer down. And it was not a proud moment of my life sitting in I believe I was in Atlanta uh, when I did this either Atlanta or Newark New Jersey and I sat there by myself at the bar my flight was getting ready to board and I was just putting this thing away because I was like well I'm not letting good beer go to waste and I felt awful afterwards and I, I slept the whole flight Back to wherever I was going. Either New Hampshire or New Orleans. And um, I, I I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. It's, it's a fine beer. For what it's supposed to be. It's just supposed to be a good robust lager. And that's what it is. But it's nothing more than that. It's nothing more special. Than that. It's just. It's a beer. And it's a forgettable beer. And this is coming from a guy who likes PBR. And Schlitz. For what I paid for this six-pack, I could have gotten something that I would have enjoyed infinitely more. And I'm actually kind of disappointed at the moment that I did not get something that I would have enjoyed more. It's just... um, I'm not super pumped on it, honestly. And I think I'm I'm good on Sam Adams for a a little while. They're going to have to really step up their game if they want to impress me. They're trying to run with the likes of breweries like Dogfish Head or, God, Blue Moon is Anheuser-Busch now, so I can't even compare that anymore. But they're they're trying to run with craft breweries. They're trying to convince us all that they're a craft brewery, and they're just not. This is this is evidence of that, this lager. To be completely honest with you, if I sound a little hoarse right now, it's because this has hurt my throat. Uh, I'm not a sensitive man, but uh, drinking this beer in the speed that i have been forced that i have forced myself to drink it in it's hurt my throat it's made me made it difficult for me to talk so maybe this wasn't the best choice for this episode in hindsight in hindsight i probably could have picked something a little bit lighter a little bit better but this is what i got this is i said you know what i want the most new england thing i could find Uh, and i found me some boston lager with a with a president man on the bottle. And for 5% alcohol, it's surprisingly tough to drink. If I'm getting a beer that's 5% alcohol, I would expect it to be a little bit easier to drink. It's, like I said, it's a, it's a hard-to-drink, forgettable, faux-craft brewery. I, I'm not overly impressed. But, you know, try it for yourself. I'm not saying don't try it. I would I would drink it. You know, if I were at a backyard barbecue, I would drink one if I were at a backyard barbecue, but I wouldn't choose to continue drinking. I definitely would not ever sit down and drink a six-pack in rapid succession ever again. But that is the hole I dug for myself, and that is the end of the podcast. Before we go, I want to give you a little reminder of how you can get in touch with us. I know I've done it about twice already so far in this show, but uh, you can reach us on Facebook through facebook.com slash the breakfast bar podcast our instagram is of course at the breakfast bar podcast our twitter is at bbarcast. our untapped page so you can read the full review of this sam adams boston lager is the breakfast bar with no spaces our gmail account is the breakfast bar podcast at gmail.com and if you would like to contribute to the show if you would like to sponsor around or sponsor a show always 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 available to you is our patreon page patreon.com slash the breakfast bar don't forget tell your friends tell everybody you know comment subscribe rate the show i love hearing from you guys i love hearing all the feedback you've got and i i love that you listen to it i love that you continue to listen to it our new episodes are posted every single wednesday on soundcloud itunes and podomatic let everybody know spread the word And keep an eye out for uh, potentially a Kickstarter campaign or some kind of Indiegogo or something where I can get some some merch or some kind of other way to say thank you uh, out to y'all. And as always, this has been The Breakfast Bar. I have been The Condor. Don't be a dick. Have a good night, everybody.